Well, good morning. So like many of you, I'm sure I've been uh, kind of caught up in the Olympics over the last couple of weeks. And one of the most in- incredible performances that I have ever seen in the Olympics, not, not, this, not just this year, but maybe in, in the entire time that I've been watching it, uh, came over the last week or so from a 14-year-old diver from China named Chuan Hong Chen. Uh, Chuan is a, a 10-meter platform diver. She, if, if the Olympics were held last year when they were originally scheduled, she would not have been old enough to, to compete. But, uh, but she just turned 14 and was able to enter into uh, the competition for, for this year. And in the final round of the 10-meter platform diving, Chuan scored two perfect tens. That means that seven judges gave her a perfect 10 on two of her dives. Let's check out one of them right here. Just even starting, like right off the bat, she's already done more than I could ever do. And boom, look at that. Again, 14 years old. She destroyed the Olympic record. She ran away with gold. She was the clear winner. And every time I watch that, I think, man, I make more of a splash washing my hands than she does diving from 10 meters, you know, roughly about 30 feet. She has just incredible form and precision, tight tucks and rotations and precise entry. It was absolutely amazing. Contrast that um, with my daughter, Adeline. Uh, earlier this summer, I took the girls to Camp Ileana for the day. Camp Ileana is one of my favorite places in the world. And so we got away for a day. I took them down there. And, and Camp Ileana has uh, a blob on, on their lake. Are you familiar with, with what blobs are? Basically, it's this gigantic you know, balloon, inflatable uh, balloon that's in the lake. And, and one person sits on the end of the blob and another person jumps from a tower onto the blob. The weight distribution sends the other person flying into, into the lake. And so the girls are like, Daddy, we want to do that. And so we got our life jackets on. We got all ready to, to do it. And the idea was that Adeline was going to go out to the end of the blob. And then Nora, our youngest, was going to jump off the platform and blob Adeline. And she would probably have just kind of slid down into the water and it'd be you know, nice and safe and easy and not scary for anyone. Well, then Nora got up to the platform and walked over and she looked and she goes, nope, not doing that. And she walked back. And so then it was up to me. And uh, so daddy had to come to the, the rescue. And so I walked over to the platform. You know where this is going. I walked over to the platform and I said, sweetie, do you mind if I blob you? And she said, no, which I took to mean, no, daddy, I don't mind that you blob me. But what she meant was, no, daddy, please don't blob me. I think it nine years old, she could do the math and realize the weight distribution was not in her favor. And so let's check out what happened next. Mistake one. And there she goes. <laughs> oh man, at the apex of that blob, I go, I made a horrible mistake. Now, before you look at me and you go, wow, you are a horrible human being. Let me just share a couple of things. One, I love this. After the eight o'clock service, there was a guy that came up to me and said, I've got a couple of adult children living in my home. I'd love to do something like that too. <laughs> But two, I immediately swam over to Adeline. In fact, if the video would have played, you would have seen me like crawling on the blob to get over there as quickly as I possibly could. And as soon as I got to her, Addie goes, Daddy, that was awesome. <laughs> but I don't ever want to do that again. And I'm like, you know what, sweetie, fair enough, fair enough. 
We're starting a new series this morning called Diving In. And, and over the next five weeks, we are going to learn together how we can dive in to, to God's word. We're going to see how this book is still incredibly relevant to our lives. I mean, we just spent the last 17 weeks going through first and second Peter. And there was hardly a verse that we studied that I thought, man, Peter could be writing this to us today. The word of God is still incredibly relevant and applicable in our lives today. And, and through this series, we're going to equip you with some tools that will help you love and learn and study and apply God's word more. We want to give you confidence to open up the Bible, to wrestle with it, even those hard parts, and to come away knowing how to apply it and, and live it out in your everyday life. And here's, here's what I found when it comes to, to diving into to God's word. I've been in, in ministry for a little over 20 years now, and as I've talked to people about reading their Bibles, I, I find that there is this disconnect between the desire to do it and knowing how to do it. They, they want to, they just don't know what to do. And maybe you've experienced that. And I've, and I've talked to some people who, you know, they, they have all the confidence in the world diving into to God's word. They go into it with the skill and the precision of an Olympic diver. They feel confident when they open up this book. They, they know the right questions to, to ask. They have tools by their side that they can pull out to help them understand and apply in difficult passages. But most of us, though, at least in my experience, most of us dive into reading and studying the Bible similar to how Adeline went off the blob. We're like, oh, what am I doing? I don't know. I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> and we end up smacking and, and we... we we go away thinking, I don't know that I ever want to do that again. We, we don't have a whole lot of confidence or knowledge about what to do, about how to apply it, how to, how to read it, and how to understand it. Most people that I talk to don't feel equipped to study the Bible the way that they really want to. And if, if you've ever felt that way, if you've ever had those insecurities, uh, that's what this series is for. Maybe you've been told by someone. That, that you can't understand the Bible. And so don't even try. You can have one in your house, but don't crack it open. Leave that to the professionals. <laughs> and maybe you feel guilty about how little you open your Bible and the weight of that guilt kind of, kind of lingers and it, and, it, and it keeps you from taking that next step of diving in to God's word on your own. Again, that's why we want to do this series. Over the next five weeks, we just want to instill in you the confidence to know and to love and to live out God's word. And this is why I feel like this is so important. It's because God's word still speaks to us today. And it has the power to change us from the inside out. God's word, it, it still speaks to us today and it has the power to change us from the inside out. You see, the Bible is not just another moral guide it's not just a, another self-help book and a long list that you can find on Amazon. When given the chance, the Bible has the power to transform everything about you, your relationships, your marriage, your past, the way that you think of yourself and others. The, the words in the Bible have the power to heal you from your hurts and your habits, your hangups, to heal you from your addictions and the pain of your past. Most of all, the Bible reveals a God who wants us desperately to know that he is gracious and compassionate 
who is slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness and forgiveness through Jesus. And when we take the words of this book to heart, it has the power to absolutely transform everything about who we are and who we are becoming. Dwight L. Moody, a famous preacher in Chicago, 100 some odd years ago, he, he said this, he says, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge. Knowledge is good, but Paul warns us about knowledge and says knowledge puffs up, love builds up. And the Bible was given to us in love. He goes on to say it was given to change our lives. God didn't just give us the Bible so that we would have more information about him. He gave us his word to transform our lives. And over and over and over, I've seen it do just that, not just in my life, but in the life of so many others. If you have a, a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me this morning uh, to our passage. We're just looking at a couple of verses today. Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 and, and 13. If you're new to the, the Bible, um, towards the end, you can kind of see where it is on, on mine. It's just a couple of books behind uh, where we spent the last 17 weeks in First and, and Second Peter. And the, the writers of these letters and, and books and, and uh, things that kind of were all compiled to become what we know as the Bible, um, they had a lot to say about the um, authority of God's word and its ability to, to transform our lives Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is God-breathed, so it's God-inspired. God, God breathed his word. He inspired his word onto people, men and, and women through the years who wrote it down, archived it, preserved it so that we can know it. And, and Paul says, goes on and, and says that not only is it God-breathed, but it is useful for teaching and correcting and training in righteousness so that we can live for God. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible, and it's this anthem to God's word and, and its ability to, to change us and what it does in our lives. But maybe the strongest passage in all of scripture about the power of God's word and its effectiveness in our life is here in our text today. Look at what the author writes in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. And if you have your Bible open, maybe an app and you can underline or you can highlight, I just encourage you to mark, make a little note there because those are two really important words. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Let's kind of break this text down a little bit. And first we see that the word of God is alive and active. These are more than just words on a page. These words become alive in our life. They are active. And I, and I, and I love that, that word. When you kind of go beneath the English translation and you get to the original Greek that it was written in, the, the Greek word for active is the word energos. And it describes something that is effective and able to, to bring about. And what's interesting is that in other Greek literature, so you look outside of scripture into other Greek literature, this word is used almost exclusively as a medical term. All right, don't miss the importance of this. This is incredible. It's used as a medical term. It's used to describe treatments or medicine that if, something, if someone was sick or they were ailing and they applied that treatment or that medicine and it worked, 
then it was described as energos. It was effective at what it set out to do. They had intentions, they had ideas of what might happen, and it did, and so it was effective. And so essentially, the author is borrowing this medical term to describe the work that scripture does in our life. He's saying that the word of God is alive and effective at doing what it's supposed to do in our hearts. We shouldn't be surprised by this. God promised that his word would not come back void. And he says this to the prophet Isaiah, just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they have watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. It's the same idea. So what, what is the word of God supposed to do? The author goes on and says that its task is to cut through our hard exteriors. The word of God has this ability to, to penetrate through the, the thick wall that we put up between us and God, between us and others. The word of God has the ability to, to cut through the curtain that we wrap around ourselves, trying to protect ourselves because of, of fear. Maybe we've been hurt in the past. The word of God has a way of, of cutting through all of those things and getting right to the heart of the issue. The, the word of God has the ability to expose our hurts and our pains, our longings and our desires, even our sin. And then like a skilled surgeon, God uses his word and he begins to repair the damaged areas in our souls. He heals those places of brokenness. He, he gently and lovingly and precisely removes those troublesome spots in our lives. And there are people who absolutely use the word of God as, as a weapon. We're told that the word of God is like a sword here, even in Hebrews, it's a double-edged sword. And there are people who wield it like a weapon and they cause further pain and damage and hurt in our lives. Maybe you've experienced that the way that, that I have. But when God uses his word, he uses it as a skilled surgeon and he cuts right to the heart of the issue. And that's the power of this book, if we allow it. And I say, I say if we allow it, because the truth is, is that, there, that we have to demonstrate a certain level of humility when we come to God's word. If, if, if we really want it to be alive and, and effective, active in our life, there's a certain amount of humility that we need to have when we come to God's word. Several years ago, I coached a, a U19 um, soccer team 
and uh, we, were, we were wrapping up practice one night and we were doing a little three-on-one drill. And so you had three people at midfield and then one defender and a goalie. And the idea was that the three people would take the ball down. They'd make a couple of nice passes, try to beat the defender and then put a nice shot on, on goal. And so one of our last groups was, was getting ready to go, this group of three. And, uh, and they, they went out, they made some, some great passes, lost the defender, and it got down to where it was just one guy with the ball up against the goalie. And the goalie just happened to be um, this guy's girlfriend. And so we were all sitting back there watching in anticipation um, how this was going to, to play out. And so she did exactly what um, she was supposed to do. She was sitting there. She saw that it was, you know, just a one-on-one. So she came off of the line to kind of make herself bigger, the goal smaller, kind of made herself like this. And, and right as Kyle was getting a little bit closer, she went down to try to block his shot right as Kyle geared up to kick the ball. And so her body slid in this way, right as Kyle's leg came this way. And I was standing at midfield and I heard this really loud snap. And I thought, man, that ball really ricocheted off of um, our, our goalkeeper. And my assistant coach said, that dude's girlfriend just broke his leg. And I was like, nah, there's no way. And, and then I watched as our goalkeeper got up and Kyle didn't. And so we walked over there and sure enough, it was broken. And so I called an ambulance and I was his youth minister at the time. And so I knew his family really well. So I called his mom like, Hey, you know how Kyle can normally walk? Well, he can't do that right now. So, uh, so we're just going to go ahead and take him to the hospital. You might want to meet us there. And so we got there and uh, went into the room to visit him and his x-ray was still up on the wall. And sure enough, two lower bones in his leg just I mean, they were separated like that, broke clean in half. And he, uh, he had surgery the next day, healed up, actually came back, played on my team the, the next year again. But I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine if Kyle had felt that pain, he had seen the x-ray, uh, he knew that his leg was broken, required surgery. And instead of admitting his need for immediate attention, he just kind of was like, ah, it's merely a flesh wound and tried to like hop around. I can still do this. <laughs> you know, a few things. One, he, he would have been in a whole lot of pain. I mean, two, that's a really dumb thing to do. And, and three, he wouldn't have been very effective, right? But I tell you, there's so many times that that's how I, that's how we walk through life. We, we have this faulty image, this broken image of who God is and, and, and what he's like, who we are in light of that. We have all of these ideas and these, these preconceived ideas and notions that have been formed by the, the, the world and the wisdom all around us. And, and many of us, we walk around in pain because of what we believe to be true, what we feel to be true. And the word of God makes us come face to face with what we think and what we feel to be true about God, ourselves, and the world around us. And in those, and in those places where our thoughts and our feelings don't align with scripture, we have a decision to make. And we can pridefully disregard and go our own way like we know best, or we can humble ourselves and allow the word of God to work in us, to challenge us and our ideas and our assumptions. And that's the type of humility with which we must approach scripture if we want it to be alive and active in our life. If we come to this book and we, and we just say, yeah, I've got it all together. I've got it all figured out. I don't have any pain, any brokenness. I am good. If we come to it and we think it doesn't matter what I read, I'm not gonna change anything that I already believe. And these words are 
dead. There's no power in them. They're just black and red ink on white pages. But if we approach it with humility and acknowledge that we don't have all the answers, we don't have it all together, and maybe scripture has something to speak to us, and that's when these words pop off the page and they become alive and active, effective, effective in why God gave them to us in the first place. And we realize, like the author says in verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Oftentimes scripture is what lays us bare. It's what opens us up and reveals who we really are. When we come to that place, when we acknowledge the truth of these words, the best decision that we can make is to allow the divine surgeon to take his scalpel and remove anything in us that keeps us from him. And nothing has more power to do this than the Bible. And that's why we wanna help you dive into it even more. I wanna do that in a couple of ways in the coming months. First is through this series. Over the next month, we are going to kind of learn together, actually by practicing in, in the sermon time, we're gonna to learn together how to understand God's word, how to see what God wants us to see, um, how to ask questions of the text, how to apply it. To our, to our life. We feel like this is foundational to allowing the word of God to be alive and active in us. But then on September 12th, we are going to launch a, a new initiative that I'm, I'm really excited about. It's called Core 52. And, and over the, the course of a year, we are going to study together the 52 most powerful verses that are found in the Bible, passages of scripture that represent the core message that God wants to speak to us through his word. And I believe that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna be able to dive into God's word and study it, maybe in ways that, that you've always wanted to, but you never knew how to. And there are three ways that you can engage in Core 52. First, you can engage with it personally. Again, beginning on September 12th, uh, we're going to study one verse each week. One verse each week. And we have these tools out here, this book called Core 52 that we're gonna use as a resource that you can pick up today. It's 10 bucks out in the lobby. You can pick one up. And, and by using this tool, we're gonna, we're gonna be able to study that verse we're gonna go through scripture memorization. We're gonna, we're gonna memorize and, and, and help you memorize 52 different verses so that you, we don't just know them up here, but we really hide God's word in our heart. We're gonna read other verses and, and passages that, that help us kind of understand that verse a little bit more. And, and we're gonna talk about it and discuss it. And we're gonna learn how we can live it out. And so we encourage you to engage in it personally by grabbing one of those books and going through it with us starting on September 12th. Second, we want you to engage with Core 52 with others. Many of our groups are gonna follow along with discussion and reflection that's gonna help that, that core verse take deeper root in our life. I mean, it's so good to study scripture on our own, but when we get together and we discuss it and we, we challenge each other with it and we talk about how to live it out, then it really begins to take root in us. And so we encourage you to, to be a part of a group. We'll have men's groups and women's groups and life groups. Our children's ministry and, and student ministries are gonna be going through Core 52 with us. And so if you have kids or grandkids, we encourage you to discuss it as a family. We'll give you everything that you need 
Life group leaders, we got some kits to equip you to be able to lead your life group through Core 52. If you have a group of friends and you don't have a life group, they're like, hey, you need to be the one that lead it. We, we wanna help you do that. You can get some more information at the Welcome Center. And we, we just hope that you'll, you'll engage with Core 52 with other people. And finally, you can engage with Core 52 right here in, in our worship gatherings. Each Sunday, we will teach and preach on the core verse that we'll be studying um, and talking about in the coming week. And something that I'm personally like really pumped about. Uh, I think this is, this is so cool. In addition to all of our Sherwood Oaks campuses, um, there are three other churches that are gonna be joining us in our community to go through Core 52. Our friends at Clear Creek Christian Church, uh, Northside Christian Church, and Nashville Christian Church are gonna be joining us as we journey through this together, which I just think is really cool to see like people from all over our communities coming together to do the, the same thing. And so that's where we're going. I'm excited about it and I hope that you'll engage in it with us. And in all of this, again, it's so that we can dive into God's word. And the reason is not just so that we know the Bible better. I mean, that's important, but... The reason is because we want you to know the God of the Bible better. It's about knowing our Father. It's about knowing his heart for you, his love for others, his grace, his faithfulness, his forgiveness. And scripture tells us that all of this is perfectly found and lived out in Jesus, the living word who took on flesh, who died the death that we deserve so that we could have life that was his. And if you want to know more about this new life and this fresh start that scripture tells us only Jesus can provide, we're going to close off with one more song. And as everyone is exiting out these doors, there'll be some of us that are right up here that would love to talk more about what it means to take your next step with Jesus. Why don't you stand with me and I'll close this off in prayer. God, thanks for the ways that you uh, reveal yourself to us. And oh my goodness, Lord, we, we look out in all of creation and we see your fingerprints. It, the, the heavens declare your mercy. The skies speak of your greatness. And so, Lord, you have absolutely revealed yourself through creation and we are grateful for that. And there are many of us, man, we just feel so drawn to you when we rest in that. But Lord, thank you that it wasn't just through creation that you revealed yourself. It's also through your word. Thank you for speaking your word to us, for, for, for preserving it over time, for the trust that we can have in its reliability and its effectiveness in our lives. And Lord, I pray that as a people in this church, we will be devoted and committed to you through it. You will use it, Lord, to shape us and to mold us into the people and into the church that you want us to become so that we can shine as your witnesses of your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.